You're listening to the Buildify Method Podcast, where we're all about mindset, systems, and profit. As a nationally recognized business consultant, coach, and speaker, your host, Aaron Keith, is passionate about supporting the entrepreneur community by sharing his knowledge gained from coaching over 10,000 entrepreneurs in nearly 20 years, companies ranging from billion-dollar enterprises and celebrities all the way to Main Street and small startups. Each Buildisode's blunt, no-bullshit conversation is led by Aaron along with his co-host, Ryan Coyne, a veteran tech consultant and nationally recognized speaker. Each week, Aaron and Ryan deconstruct mental and physical aspects of the topics that challenge all successful entrepreneurs, while also providing coaching, insight, and specific advice on distinctions that affect all growth-minded entrepreneurs. So listen up. It's time to work on your business, not just in your business. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Buildify Method podcast. My name is Aaron Keith, and I'm joined with my co-host today, Ryan Coyne. Today, we're talking about a topic that is near to dear to both of our hearts. It's uh, one of our most favorite subjects to talk about, which is annual planning. So uh, Ryan and I feel that annual planning is one of those topics that is extremely, extremely impactful. It's probably one of the most impactful things that you can do to consciously grow and expand your company each year. And unfortunately, it's one of those topics that is not often discussed or talked about. And uh, we, we also feel that there's not a lot of structure around it. So today, we're committed to bringing you a, a checklist, a kind of a step-by-step methodology. It's, it's part of the Buildify methodology on how to plan out your year properly. Right. And it, of course, goes well beyond, I want to make more money next year, which everybody feels that way. Of course. So Aaron, why do you recommend people start doing annual planning in October, which is when we're doing this episode? So October is an interesting month in that there's a, there's a couple different layers to this conversation. So I'm going to see if I can hit each one of the layers. Um, first and foremost is October. If, if you spend October and into November, for a lot of people, it's going to take you a month to about six weeks to properly plan out your year. So if we kick this off October 1st, most of you are going to finish off your planning by the end of the month. And if you run into some snags or some challenges, uh, your planning drags out a little bit, you'll at least have it done by worst case scenario, middle of November. So when we have our planning done, what that allows a plan to do is start to gain some momentum and starts to marinate. And it also allows you, which is the second layer, which is to enjoy the holidays. That's a real thing. You have to disconnect. You have to recharge the batteries. I can't expect you to go into a fresh year ready to go tackle the world if your batteries are drained. So if we can get all our planning done October and early November, you that plan is now set in motion. Now, you may not be taking lots of action on that plan, but believe me, psychologically, it's in your brain. Your intent is on it. Your attention is on it. Your focus, that momentum starts to build behind the scenes like a current slowly building out in the ocean. So as the planning sets and solidifies by the beginning of November, you can then move into the holidays and disconnect because you know the plan is set, the steps are in place, you're crystal clear on how your new year is going to go for you. Mm. So you have that ability to spend time with your family, your friends, go travel, really recoup so that when you hit January 1, boom, you can hit the ground running. That's fantastic. And, and why is it important generally to plan out your year? What does that do for you? Well, I, I think 
a lot of people will will agree that they the year ends, you know, and you, you accomplish some things, you didn't accomplish some others. So you just kind of roll into your next year trying to fix and change the things that didn't work about the year before. And so a lot of people are just unconsciously rolling into a new year and they're not consciously creating something. You know, we have the ability in this life to create our life the way we want it to be, create our businesses the way we want it to be. Mm. And I just don't think it's, it's something that a lot of us have been taught is to sit down and to consciously put thought and energy into what we want to have happen and then actually put a plan behind that that supports that happening and then put structure around that to solidify it and put people around that to hold you accountable to it. So the whole planning process is something that ends up producing better results for entrepreneurs. And again, unfortunately, I just don't think it's something that's really been taught out there. I agree. And, you know, we've also talked a lot about the psychology and tangibility of things, you know, referencing some of our earlier material, especially in the tasks and organization and calendar management episode. Um, You know, I, I strongly believe in the tangibility of the goals that we're setting for the next year, being structured, organized, put down, um, put into that very same task and organization management software that you might select from a recommendations we made in that earlier episode. Um, I, I think that the psychology of that and how much we all have going on in our brains, how distracted we can feel, and how many hats an entrepreneur is asked to wear in the course of a single hour, let alone a day, yeah. um, that it's all the more important to be planning something out, not just in your mind, not just setting a mental goal, um, but actually structuring it out and, and writing it down like an action plan or a battle plan. Yeah, I agree. You know, a lot of the Buildify method is predicated on entrepreneurs stepping back and working on their business, not just in their business. And we've all heard that adage for for many years, but it's it's a really true thing that I still don't see happen as much as it should. And annual planning is, in my opinion, the single most important thing you can do to grow your business in a year is to spend that time to step away from your company and to work on that business. And to, to add a little bit more color to that, that comment, for a lot of the entrepreneurs that I work with over the years, um, some of them will jump on a train and they'll buy a round, trick, uh, round trip ticket and they'll just sit on the plane with their headphones and coffee and spend four hours just working on their business with no interruptions. I have other clients that'll go out to uh, uh, like a destination spot and rent a little house or a little Airbnb and to spend two days cooped up in a house with food and coffee, planning out their year. You know, I've often rented a hotel room with a great view and just gotten room service and cranked away in my planning. So I strongly, strongly encourage because of the value of this planning to not do it at your home, not do it at your, your place of work, because your thought process, your brain is going to be in a certain state while you're in your normal existing environment. Leave your environment. That change of environment changes your state. That change of state changes your perspective. And that perspective will show up in your planning in a very dynamic way. Yeah. People talk about getting objectivity by being outside of something because sometimes you're too close to it. Um, Sometimes geographically for the human brain is that exact same benefit for sure. Yeah, I agree. So this enables you to look back at, at, at the previous year. Once you do it, like, let's say that everybody listening does their annual planning for the very first time this year. And then when they go to do their annual planning next October, they can look at their previous year's annual planning. What do you, what do you think they would discover? Uh, well, they'll start to see is they've actually accomplished a lot more than they thought. 
you know, a lot of people, it's, it's really funny just because you didn't take any action doesn't mean you didn't produce any results. Um, we actually pull people when we do this, uh, we, we actually do annual planning seminars and, uh, we do it in two pieces and every year we have the same people oftentimes that come back year over year and we, we ask them, so how many of you last year did your planning, but didn't take any actions around some of those, uh, those goals or those intentions. And generally about 50% of the room has accomplished a sizable amount of those, uh, goals and they didn't take any action because they put so much intention and so much planning around it, you know, the undercurrent of that really brought things to fruition. So it's, uh, it's kind of fun to see how it all happens. For sure. For sure. So if, if when you're completing your current year, which is the, the very first step of the annual planning checklist, what if somebody were to say that they feel like they're not done enough with their current year? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing, right? Because we're starting annual planning in many people's eyes as, as early, right? October for some people is like, well, I still got a couple more months. I, you know, I have a quarter left of my business. And so let's, I'll be very specific about the, the checklist. So here we are, we're, we're about to go through the annual planning checklist. The very first phase or stage of your annual planning checklist is all about completion, right? You don't want to create a year on top of the incompletions of a previous year. So the very first step, the very first thing we do is we complete our year. And for those of you who still feel like you have some time left in your year, we understand that. And you're still able to complete your year knowing that you have a little bit more runway left of your, of your year. And by getting complete allows you to shift your mindset and start to work on the creation process of creating a new year. So you just have to compartmentalize and get complete with what you've accomplished and what you haven't accomplished, knowing darn well that you still have a few months that you might squeak in a few more results, which is wonderful, but doesn't change the fact that at the very first stage, what there is to do is complete your personal goals and your business goals. So oftentimes people will say, okay, completion, what do you mean by completion exactly? Completion means that you're really moving in to a new year with nothing going on about your previous year. You're complete. There's no regret. There's no frustration. There's no, I wish you're at peace with how things went and you're not letting yourself off the hook. It's not like you're giving up on a goal by being complete. It just means that you're at peace and you're okay with the fact that you got what you got. You didn't get what you didn't get. That way you can authentically create your new year without trying to build, you know, a house on top of an old foundation of another house. That makes perfect sense for sure. So when, when you're starting to create your new year, can you take us through the steps of that? Yeah. So there we are. We have completed our year. We have a blank canvas. You can authentically say that mentally, emotionally, and physically you are complete and you're staring at a blank canvas. Generally, the first thing we want to do is we want to start on the personal side. Your personal side affects the business. This is why we always start with the personal first. So I would start creating your personal goals. Now, to be super clear about this, three goals is ideal. <clears throat> if you want to have four, you're stretching it. Definitely do not go more than four. Three is ideal, four is a stretch. And you want to look specifically at areas of your life. This is my opinion anyway. In our annual planning checklist for Buildify, we tell people, look at the different areas of your life, whether that's finances, your body, relationships, travel, what have you. And 
ask yourself, what do I specifically want to cause in my life, in this area of my life this year? Um, one that I tend to throw out to a lot of my friends and clients is having one of your goals be around financial freedom or retirement, whichever word resonates for you, financial freedom, retirement. But I think a lot of people are not giving their financial freedom and their retirement enough energy and time. So I'm usually someone who recommends that one of those goals really stand around financial freedom. Then once those personal goals are set, you can kind of move on to scheduling. And to Ryan's point from earlier, we have a really good build episode around scheduling and time management, which I would reference. But in, in this phase, now that you have your personal goals, you have to schedule out your personal life, like in the calendar, birthdays, special events, holidays that you're taking off, any vacations that you're taking off. So in other words, if it matters to you, we should see it in your calendar. So anything that has to do with your balance, it should be scheduled. So that's generally what happens next. So once we've done that, everyone's favorite next step is personal budgeting. We, uh, Ryan and I are going to do a couple episodes uh, coming up next actually on business budgeting and personal budgeting. So stay tuned for those. But your personal budget is absolutely fucking critical to how your planning goes this year. Your personal budget will impact your salary and your distribution on your business. That salary and distribution impact your business budget. Your business budget then impacts the sales goal of the company. The sales goal has to cover the business budget, obviously. If we cover the business budget, we'll have money that comes back to the personal to take care of your vacations, your, your, your lifestyle, you know, putting money away for savings and retirement. So your personal budget is something that we strongly recommend that you spend ample amounts of time on. Ryan, you know, on the, on the tech side of things, is there anything that you can recommend to everybody that will help them with personal budgeting? Is there any tools? You know, there used to be only a few and now there are so many in the market that have been a crazy, crazy, uh, confusing kind of thing because they all offer to specialize. Um, and there's a few that do a little bit of everything. Well, um, I'm not sure if anybody that is listening has ever heard of mint, which is actually was acquired by Intuit that, uh, same company that owns QuickBooks and, and, uh, you know, rocket loans and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, mint was one of the first ones, I think going back about 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago, mm -hmm. um, that it started out as only a web app, you know, that uh, even, I think it predates the iPhone pretty sure, which wow. I know is like prehistoric by, uh, by app terms and stuff. But, um, that offers to manage both your personal and your business, but more of a focus on the personal finances, um, setting budgets for specific areas of your life, alerting you when you go over, showing you reports, uh, the mobile app is robust. Um, there are so many others that offer to do that now that it comes down to personal preference and user interface. And I've said this before, um, just like in the calendar and task management episode, and it comes down to cameras as well. It, the, the one that is the best is the one that you actually use. Right. So it's um, if, if you will take a look at a few, I mean, Microsoft even had one. They had Microsoft money for a few years, but nobody used it. Nobody heard of it. It went away. Um, there, are, there are a lot. There okay. are a lot. And if you're an iPhone or, or an Android user, really just head into the App Store. Uh, you can look for a couple. You can type in personal finance management you will see a bunch. Look for something with high ratings, with good reviews. You can check it out. Check out what the user interface looks like and whatever appeals to you and inspires you will be good. 
Wonderful. And a little bit more to your point there is that a lot of people will ask what technology should they be using to just manage their finances. So for everybody, I'm a strong proponent in using QuickBooks. Um, and to be clear about this, there's a, there's a distinction here. There is QuickBooks that's desktop version, and there's the cloud version of QuickBooks. I do not recommend the cloud version of QuickBooks. One, they don't back that up. I recently had a client who's also a close friend lose two years of uh, all of their financials because it crashed on uh, the Intuit side and there was no backups. Um, two, most bookkeepers and CPAs do not love the online version. Um, they It just works very differently, how it's set up, how it functions. Yeah. It's made for a very, very small kind of solopreneur. So don't go that route. It's not worth it. Stick to the desktop version. Um, what we generally recommend for a lot of users is that there's a company out there, and there's different companies like this one, of course, but the one that we use is Right Networks. Right Networks is a uh, cloud-based platform, a secure server. Your desktop version lives there. That way your staff can log in, you can log in, your bookkeepers and your CPA can log in from anywhere in the world, and everyone can access QuickBooks at one time. No problems, no concerns, and it's very safe. So that's how we all uh, manage our QuickBooks for our different companies. Yeah, cloud application backup, by the way, which is something that's relatively new that backs up your stuff that's already in the cloud. A lot of people think, like just like you mentioned, um, oh, it's in the cloud, it's backed up. No, it's not the same thing. <laughs> um, just because it's hosted someplace doesn't mean that there's a second copy someplace else in case something goes wrong. Not every company keeps like people imagine, well, can't they just roll it back? Can't they undelete it? Isn't there a recycle bin for the cloud? Um, no, not everywhere to your point. Yeah. So um, even if, you, if you're somebody who's already using QuickBooks Cloud and you wanted to get cloud application backup for your QuickBooks uh, Cloud instance, uh, you can Google that. It is available just so you don't feel too defeated and that you have to feel, feel like you have to switch over because of uh, doom and gloom. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, it is a fundamentally very different product that limits you in some different ways, especially if your business is going to scale. You want to be able to use QuickBooks Desktop, you know, Premiere and, and, and uh, different things like that and the higher end versions and eventually Enterprise and things like that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's it's definitely something that getting a cloud instance of QuickBooks, like you mentioned, where you've got it hosted, whether it's with that company you recommended um, or you ask your uh, your IT person in your life to help you set up, uh, you know, a, a Microsoft Azure server or something else uh, that's similar. Um, that is a great option. Decentralize it. Get it out of your company's, you know, local premise-based server. Um, don't have to be in the office to access it. Don't need a VPN to access it. Don't need to remote in anywhere to access it and so on and so forth. Um, get it up in the cloud. Get it safe. Get it backed up. Awesome. And, um, yeah, for sure. So, uh, Aaron, you were talking about the personal side of things. Um, and, you know, is there anything else on that checklist that you wanted to add before I ask you the next question? No, let's let's move on to the next phase. Okay. So once you're done with the personal, obviously the next thing would be the business. So getting your personal squared away so that you at least know that you can afford to still work for yourself is very important. Right. Uh, and now how are we going to annually plan for the business to be profitable and, and get to the next level where you want it to go for the next year? Yeah, so the the next big swipe of this is, is going to have a lot more detail to it. So let's kind of start to move through. So very much like the personal, the next thing we have to kind of dive into is the business goals. So we start to look at the business goals. And just like your personal, I recommend three goals. You really need to stretch and have four. You can just watch it. 
And remember everybody, one of your goals always is a sales goal. The only way to truly measure the growth of a company is the sales going up. So we always have to have one goal being the sales goal. Then you can have several other goals for the company there. Once we've built out the, the primary goals of your company, the next phase you want to move into, depending on the size of your organization, is department goals. So if you have a company that has different departments, it's critical that same thing, two or three goals for each department. The department goals should hold up or stand up or support the overall arching company goals. I also recommend if you're going to create department goals, you've got to do it with your department. That's not something for you to do solely. Sit down with your department, have them create it so that there's buy-in. All right, so goals are set. Let's move on to the next. Next thing we have to get into is your why, your motivation. Why are you doing all this? Listen, being an entrepreneur is fucking hard. You wake up in the morning and there has to be something that's driving you. Like, why the hell are you doing this? Why are you pushing the ball up the hill? Right? There are certain days that are grueling and there are certain days that are amazing being an entrepreneur. But at the end of the day, the thing that is driving you forward, you need to be connected to. What's that why? What's that motivation for you? So I strongly recommend that you get that documented. That has to be one of the pages of your business plan. It's something that should be up on the wall. It's in the business plan. It's wherever you're going to see it and reference it. So once we've got the goals, we have the why, then we move on to what we call the sales timeline or your annual timeline. The timeline is probably in the annual planning world, one of the largest systems that you're going to interact with. This is something that I strongly recommend that you custom build for yourself. Whether you want to use Excel, you want to use Word, whatever floats your boat, I'm going to walk you through how this needs to be laid out. Your timeline at the top is going to have the company goals and department goals. Underneath the goals, you're going to write down your why. After you've written down your why, you want to start to kind of get into the context of your year. What do you want your year to be about? After you have your context, now the work starts to begin. You have to timeline out each one of those goals. What that looks like is you take a goal, you then derive what some of the milestones of, of that goal are going to be, and you want to note throughout the timeline, say January, you know, uh, July, October, whatever month that uh, milestone needs to exist, you'll write it down. So as we start to thumb through your timeline when you're done, we should be able to see milestones of each goal, including your department goals throughout this timeline. This acts as a structure. This acts as an accountability document that holds not only you, but your team accountable to accomplishing certain uh, very strong tasks and milestones by very specific times of the year. So it's a wonderful document to share with your team and to work off of with your team. Now, once we have the milestones in there, the next thing you want to move into is coming up with your obstacles. This is really, really important, everybody. Most of us, when we do planning, most people don't stop and ask yourself obstacles. What could happen that could you know, deflate us, that could get us off track or start to erode some of the things that we're working on? So if you can come up with two or three obstacles that could show up and hurt or impact negatively any of your goals... You want to note that throughout the timeline. Once you know what some of your potential obstacles are, you then come up with two or three actions that you can take to overcome that obstacle. Now, 
you might be listening to this right now going like, whew, this sounds like a lot. I'm overwhelmed already. I'm confused. I get it. This is planning. It takes time. This is one of the reasons I'm suggesting you spread this out over a month to six weeks. And I, I promise you that hearing this for the first time sounds overwhelming. It sounds like a lot. And I promise you that after you start to do it, you'll realize it's not hard. It just takes time of focused concentration. It's not hard, I promise you. It just takes that commitment. Sit down and think. This is why you want to jump on a train, rent a hotel room, sit somewhere quietly without interruption, and just give yourself the space to think through this process. So there you are. You, you have your goals. You have your milestones. You have your obstacles. The last layer of your timeline is going back and putting in key actions that you know you need to take that will help overcome obstacles and drive you toward those milestones. So it's a, it's a really empowering process. It takes a little bit of time, but you'll be shocked on how fast you actually move through the annual planning process when it comes to your timeline. All right, everyone take a deep breath. Let's move on to the next piece. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was fantastic. Actually. That's, that's a chunk. So there we are, the timeline is done. Take a break, get some food, get some coffee, go for a walk, you come back. The next thing that we wanna tackle is the marketing plan. Each one of you want to make sure that your company has a tangible marketing plan that you can touch, you can hold, and you can follow. That marketing plan will address in another Build-A-Sode and walk you through how to actually craft the specifics of a marketing plan that's effective. All right, so the company has the marketing plan in place. The next thing we move into is metrics. Each person in your organization should have very specific KPIs, key performance indicators, things in which we're going to measure their performance by. So it's really, really important, everybody, that you're sitting down with your staff, planning out their year, and that everybody knows what their KPIs are for the upcoming year. That way you can hold them accountable and they know how they're going to win in their position. And then on that same front, if you keep on walking forward with this, you'll then move in to a KPI dashboard for your company. And Ryan, I'm gonna ask you a question about this in just a second. So there you are, you have sat down and came up with the KPIs for your staff. Now you need KPIs for the company as a whole. How are you as the CEO of this company going to measure the key performance indicators of not only the company as a whole, but each department in your company? So Ryan, is there any technology that you know out there that is, I've been looking for this myself, that can truly track the KPIs of either a person or a company? Breakage and Clipfolio, either or. Um, Clipfolio and Breakage are both configurable dashboard websites that pull in data from a variety of sources. You can connect them to just about anything okay. and have them display different kinds of information as gauges. Um, sometimes that's a number, sometimes that's a graph, um, sometimes it's, it's, uh, it's lists that you can drill down further into and you can put filters on them to show, uh, certain people or certain kinds of, uh, performance or certain metrics. Um, and you can build custom views. You can essentially you drag and drop the different, uh, gauges and number displays in whatever order and, you know, label them however you wish. Wonderful. Um, we use them really effectively, uh, where I am right now. 
to manage and, and monitor all kinds of statistics. Um, even the last, since the last time something was done, you know, we have several canary boards that just alert us to, you know, process breakdowns or, you know, different things like that. So yeah, BrightGage is wonderful. Their support is fantastic. Clipfolio, the support is not as good as BrightGage's, but um, it looks a little slicker. So if it's going to be something that um, you want to uh, have client facing, you might want to look at uh, Clipfolio. Okay. Um, if it's internal and you want to throw it up on, on either on your own uh, monitor or, or an extra screen in your office, or you want it to have it on a, a big screen like we have in our, um, our service department that tracks um, all different kinds of information, uh, BrightGage is really, really wonderful for that. What are the, do you happen to know the price points of either one of those by chance? Um, offhand, I do not. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious, but they are affordable from what I've heard. Yes. Okay. Yes, Wonderful. They are. All right. So let's keep rolling everybody. So just to recap where we are so far, we came up with the business goals. We know what our why is, what's, what's motivating us, what's moving us forward. We've built out our timeline for the year that has our sales goals, our milestones, our obstacles, and our key actions. We've now built out our marketing plan for the year. We have key performance indicators for our staff and for our company as a whole. Now we move in to a very large system, a very important system that uh, I'd say a lot of companies I come across just don't do, which is business budgeting. So this is the time where you need to sit down and start to plan out your and forecast out your finances for the company for the coming year. And I'd say just some highlights on this. I'd say your staffing configuration is something that many of you need to be planning for for the year. Your staffing configuration is planning out which staff members you need in your organization so you have a full view staffing model for your coming year, and that will impact your budget greatly for obvious reasons. So once we've built out the budget, we move into very much like on the personal side, scheduling. So on the personal side, you schedule out everything that matters to you. Same with the business. You need to make sure your time off is booked in there. All of your staff meetings are in there. Everything that has to do with people's calendars, their, their, their scheduling needs to be handled at this stage. And then kind of to start to wrap up this process, now that we've done a lot of the planning, we move into a structure. This is a structure that I, I love personally. I think it's very effective. I'm a, I'm a very visual creature. And so probably one of the reasons I love this structure so much, vision boards. Um, I think your vision board is a, a large visual structure that is generally somewhere in your close vicinity, your home office, your business office, you know, your bedroom, and that represents everything about your year that matters to you, business, personal, travel, recreation, your, your finances, your spirituality, whatever matters to you should be on that vision board for the year. And it's a nice visual structure that reminds you why you're doing this. It keeps you connected to your budget, keeps you connected to your life. Ryan, are there any technological um, software or, or apps out there that help with vision boarding by chance? I, I, have, I have no idea. I figured I'd ask. Yeah, we have, there's, there's several. Um, you can Google mind mapping. That's the term in technology, at least uh, as far as... Um, you know, the kind of flexibility in the software that you need. Again, there's a bunch of different ones for both Android and iPhone. Um, most of them are cross-platform on both. Um, we did talk briefly about Microsoft OneNote in mm -hmm. our task management and organization and calendar episode. 
Um, Microsoft OneNote is really a blank canvas that you can, like if you ever were frustrated when you're working on a Word document and you can't get the image and the text to do what you want and stuff like that, well, you know, most people have experienced that and a lot of people don't really go beyond Word and Excel and Outlook, um, sometimes PowerPoint when they're working in Microsoft's uh, suite of products. But OneNote for a lot of people who, um, who that didn't exist when they were in school, um, is something that anybody that's, you know, uh, probably in the graduated uh, university or, or, or even, um, you know, uh, secondary education um, and, and younger in the last like 10 years has been required to use it probably as part of their curriculum. Um, and then it's taken a life of its own as far as being like the digital notebook of choice for anybody who's already bought into the Microsoft Office 365 platform. Um or any of the Microsoft tools that you have available, OneNote is in there, usually included for free. Um, and then you can put anything in there, um, photos, texts, you know, audio clips and, you know, connections to, to each other and draw lines and different kinds of things uh, and make those mind maps. Um, but you can also Google mind mapping software. There's a bunch of free websites that, you know, load up instantly requiring no account. Um, and a bunch of different services out there. But yeah, mind mapping uh, software being Googled and um, even just giving Microsoft OneNote a spin will absolutely provide you the blank canvas that you need to take those steps on your own. That's wonderful. All right, everybody. So just to kind of wrap this up for everybody, as a physical structure that I strongly want to give everyone for, for homework after today's uh, build episode is put into your calendar as a standing reoccurring appointment that shows up annually is your annual planning. I want that in everybody's calendar. That should be uh, several times that are blocked off throughout the course of October that just reoccur annually every month that have a reminder that pop up in your face that reminds you to do this. Um, it's a phenomenal structure. This is the time, you know, set aside, get in there, dive in. It's powerful. You'll love it. You'll feel really, really good about yourself for having done it. Your company will thank you for having put in this time to work on your business and not just in your business. Absolutely. So if you'd like our annual planning checklist, please send us an email to the address in the episode description with the subject line annual planning checklist. Thank you for listening to the Buildify Method podcast. We hope you got a few nuggets that you can take back to your business. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. It'll help other entrepreneurs discover us and benefit from the community that we're building. We look forward to having you with us for the next episode and hope you have a great rest of your week. Bye, everybody.